Welcome to the Soul's Way podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I am a proud First Nations Mohawk author, speaker, and mentor here to meet you at the intersection of personal development and decolonization. I truly believe that when we see ourselves and one another, mind, body, emotion, and most of all, soul and spirit, we can break through systematic, ancestral, and generational ways of being that we came here to disrupt and rise above. We can lean into the ways that heal our spirits. I know we can do this through honest conversations, radical responsibility, and healing together in community. Through my stories and the incredible conversations with some truly amazing guests, my hope is that you leave each episode with a more open heart and that you feel emboldened in your medicine and your voice, knowing your ripple effect matters. Our ripple effect matters. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Soul's Way podcast. I'm so happy that you're here. I have some exciting, uh, an exciting few episodes coming your way in celebration of some big things that are launching soon. So we have the roundtable, my infamous masterclass, if that's what you want to call it, event extravaganza, <laughs> coming back this March. So I first hosted the roundtable back in October of 2020. It was a huge hit. It was an opportunity for coaches of all backgrounds, but specifically the content was geared towards white ally or aspiring ally accomplice coaches who want to know how to make your space more inclusive, more welcoming, and actually supportive for those of us in the global majority, aka BIPOC, Black Indigenous People of Color, right? We're actually the global majority. So I had this, I was just like, you know what? Let's just have an event. Let's just talk about it. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot that um, people's eyes need to be opened up to because the coaching world in general is very much through a white lens and a colonized lens. And so that's that's what I do. I'm on a mission to decolonize personal development and coaching. And that's what the roundtable was. And it was a huge success. And even since then, people have been purchasing the replay. It's almost two hours or actually I think more than two hours in total because we had a bonus panel with different experts um, and coaches who are in the global majority who, yeah, agreed to help me and sit with me and weigh in and I asked them some powerful questions and then I did a bonus Q&A video. So you get access to all of that immediately at any time if you want to purchase it um, and just dive right in. I'll put the link in the notes and if you purchase it at any point ever, it's always going to include access to any future live rounds. So you can go ahead and grab it now and that will grab grant you access to the live round which is coming back this March. And so this March, it's going to be a two-day event, and I'm going to update it a little bit. There's some other things that, um, like books I've read and things I've learned and things I want to say and tweak um, to make it the most efficient workshop possible for you. And we're getting some new guests, so we're going to have um, really exciting updates for you. And that's coming March 27th and 28th. And so in celebration of that and... A course that's launching. Um, there's a, a course coming this April, and doors will open right after the roundtable live event. I'll be, you know, kind of officially, officially launching it then. You'll get some special perks if you're at the roundtable or if you're on the wait list for 
The Decolonized Coach Course is what it's going to be called, and it is six weeks to walk you through my decolonization framework. So mindset, words, and actions that you can take and that you can work on to make your business truly more supportive, more inclusive, and of course tap into the global majority. There's more than 80% of us are black, brown, and Asian, indigenous, so-called people of color. That is a huge market waiting to be served and tapped into that is currently so underserved in this industry. So it's just the smartest investment you could ever possibly make. Plus it's the right thing to do. It's gonna allow your business to be a vehicle for decolonization. So good social change and good business. It is a win-win all around. So I'm very excited about these things that are coming up. And in celebration of that, I decided to gift you with a few super value-packed episodes beginning with today's. So let's dive in. All right, friends, today we are talking all things BIPOC scholarships, yay or nay, are they empowering or disempowering, and what are all the things you need to know if you're going to offer a BIPOC scholarship or a sliding scale offer, which means usually a partial discount um, into your program or more accessible ways to access programs for people in the global majority or the BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, People of Color community, of course. And there are, I want to first preface this whole episode by saying that my opinion is not everyone's opinion, right? My opinion never speaks for everyone. I could never claim to be the, you know, be all, end all, the expert, the one person who knows it all. Um, People have different opinions on this, um, but there are some things that I'm pretty sure are safe to say, all of us in the global majority can agree on that I'm going to cover in this episode. And so my personal opinion is that I am in favor of BIPOC scholarships. I have used them um, many times and I I felt so, um, so thankful, so grateful, so blessed that people just, you know, in most cases was like, no questions asked, here you go, here's a discount. And it really helped me at a time in my life when I really needed that. I needed that financial support. And it is true. Um, The wealth gap is real. (laughs) So indigenous black and brown women are getting paid 50 to 60 cents per every 80 cents that a white woman is earning. And yet we hear all the time about the wage gap between men and women, but we don't look at that intersectionality and how being a black woman or a brown woman or an indigenous woman there's extra layers of oppression and the wealth gaps are real and um, financial barriers do exist. So I do appreciate those. I've also seen people do like sliding scales in general just to promote financial accessibility, um, which I also think is great and that's fine if you want to do that. But I would also encourage you, whichever option you're going to go with, whether you're going to say this is specifically for folks of the global majority who have, you know, who face more systemic barriers and um, oppression and, you know, it's to help rebalance the scales, you need to be careful about wording that in an empowering way um, because you don't want to come across like, oh, this is for, you know, BIPOC people because they don't have any money and they can't afford my offers and I want to, I want to be an inclusive space that welcomes everyone. We're going to talk about why thinking that BIPOC scholarships 
or lack thereof is the reason that BIPOC people aren't in your programs is a problem. So we'll get there in a second. But whether you want to say it's a BIPOC scholarship or it's a general sliding scale just to promote accessibility, acknowledging that there's all kinds of um, socioeconomic privileges or lack thereof that exist, I think that's great too. But what I would look for as an Indigenous person is if you're just going to make a general sliding scale, I would look for other signs that you are doing anti-racism work as well and that you do value decolonization. So this is another episode I'm going to do for you as a bonus, as a celebration to all the things we have coming up, is how to share your values and how to demonstrate them without virtue signaling or without being performative, right? So that's a hot topic. We'll get into that in the next episode. But back to the BIPOC scholarships. As I said, I would be looking for whether there's a BIPOC scholarship there or a sliding scale in general, I would also be looking for other signs. So the first thing you need to know about BIPOC scholarships is not, don't be arrogant. Don't assume that not having BIPOC scholarships in the past is the reason that your programs are currently not diverse. Making the assumption that, oh, it must be because black, brown, and indigenous people can't afford my offers, that my programs aren't diverse, is not only arrogant, but kind of racist. It is racist. And because the truth is, while there are systemic barriers, yes, there are, their wage gap is real. Systemic oppression is real. Um, and, and wealth gaps do exist, there are still black people with money, brown people with money, indigenous people with money. And the truth is, if we wanted to buy your program, we would have by now, right? If we really wanted something, we, we would buy it. And so there's other things that we look for in making the assumption that just creating a BIPOC scholarship alone is going to make your programs diverse is it just could not be farther from the truth, which is why I've created this episode, because there's so much else that we need to know. So the second thing you need to know is you need to take a look at the infrastructure of your business. Is it actually set up to support Black, Brown, and Indigenous folks once we get inside your world? Are we actually going to feel safe, seen, held, supported, represented, understood, Or are we going to be met with maybe someone who doesn't actually know how to hold space for some of the deeper things we need to work through, the layers of oppression, trauma, um, you know, race-related issues, systemic barriers, all of these things. Are you equipped to hold space for that? Is your business set up in a way that supports that? Are you doing your work to learn about these things, to learn about cultural influences and Um, oppressive influences? Are you taking time to ask your clients if they have any um, influences or cultural um, needs that would affect the way they are going to be best supported in having a relationship with you, especially in your higher level programs and offerings? But in in all settings, I hope that you are taking time to actually ask people how they are best supported, what modalities best work for you, what is working well, what can we improve on, you know, having regular check-in points is something really, really important, and it's just one of the many things to do to make sure your business has that infrastructure in place. 
and I wrote down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven other things that I'm going to quickly walk you through that you can, you know, check in on, look in on. So the first thing is, are you teaching and coaching and writing your posts and sharing things through a white lens? And obviously, if you are a white person, the answer is yes, <laughs> right? The answer is yes. Of course, it's coming through this privileged white lens. Um, and I'll give you an example in case you're like, what, what does that mean? And maybe this will have to be a whole podcast episode as well. But an example is I saw the other day, um, actually, I saw two examples the other day of people who I have publicly praised for, you know, being good examples of people who are like doing their work, Right. And yet still, I was like, oh, wow, they have they have blind spots. Um, and I mean, not, oh, wow, like, of course, they have blind spots. We all do. But it was just, it, it was an interesting reminder that, um, an important reminder that this work never ends. And so anyways, one of, one of the posts, for an example, was um, something about the key to somebody's success was to stop working eight-hour workdays. And that was one of the things that they stopped forcing themselves to do. And I was just like, that's a really privileged thing to say because there are many people because of that wage gap that I talked about earlier and making 50, 60 cents to the dollar that every white man earns for the same job. Um, there are many people, black, brown, Latina, Latino, Latinx, right? People, indigenous people who have to work even more than eight hours a day just to pay their bills or they're working two, three jobs, they're on food stamps, they're already doing everything they can to cut back their expenses. Um, and that's, for some people, that's why, you know, coaching is not even an option. It's like, it's a, it's a luxury. Um, and I know you might be thinking, well, that's not my ideal client. I don't want to work with people who are like, you know, struggling to pay their bills. But I'm just saying, you sharing that as a, as a thing that brought you success is like, oh, I stopped working so hard or working so many hours. That's not an option for somebody who doesn't earn the type of salary that would allow them enough to even have extra money, like maybe saved up to go to go full time in their business or to take a part time job or to take a step back. That is such a privileged thing to be able to do. There's socioeconomic privilege. And usually it comes from holding white privilege as well, because as we know, there is a wealth gap and white people earn more for the same job than people in the global majority do. So it's just things like that. Like, are you writing things like that that come from your privileged lens? And of course they are. And you might be thinking, of course they come from my lens because it's my business and it's my words and it's my work. But if you want to create an inclusive business, then you have to get good at examining that lens often and then just acknowledging it, right? You don't have to be like, changing how you write or what you say completely like obviously you can't change the truth of what your journey's been and you never want to lie about anything share anything inauthentic but like for example if you were sharing about that you could just add a quick note like you know I, I was privileged to step back from working eight hours a day um, and I recognize the socioeconomic and white privilege that exists within that because if I read that as an indigenous person I would be like okay at least you see it. Thank you for seeing it. And then that means that when I come into your world to get coaching, you're at least hopefully going to understand that there are very real barriers and differences and a, a, a completely different lived experience. It's almost like living, you know, in two different worlds. But at least if you're acknowledging that, then that tells me maybe you're going to hold space for tough conversations around that. And 
um, not gaslight me and not just be like, no, 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 if I did this, anyone can do it. And um, it's all about just mindset. Just do this and this. This is exactly what I did and you can do the same. That's a problem when you're not acknowledging that it's not the same for everyone. It is just not the same. That's just the reality right now of the world we live in. And if we're ever going to actually dismantle that and change things, we can't just pretend that issues don't exist, right? We can't just spiritually bypass them and be like, well, just tap into your power because we're all one. We all have infinite power. Yes, we do. And we're still humans and we still have to live here in the 3D world, which currently has a lot of inequities. And so if you want to work towards equity, right, and justice and reparations and um, decolonization, then these are things you're going to have to get comfortable acknowledging. Where are you, where do you hold privilege and where have you been speaking through a white lens? But let's go deeper on that in a full other episode. Number, the second thing, or I guess it's B, because I'm giving, giving kind of like three point two points and this is 2B. So 2B, where can you bring in to your business, to your programs, guest speakers or experts who can bring a BIPOC lens, right? Or who can offer maybe like a bonus workshop um, on for people with ancestral and racial trauma. And this is something you want to be very careful not to tokenize somebody and, um, you know, just hire someone, not even pay them very well just to come in and just to have that and check that box. You want to also pair this with doing your own learning. Also, maybe even inviting your white clients to sit in on that workshop just so that we can help everyone do this unlearning and learning. Um, And yeah, because I do think these conversations often, these healing circles and things, they happen just for people of color or indigenous people or global majority folks. But it is something I think every white person should also sit in on and listen in and lean, um, you know, if it feels safe for the other clients of the global majority, people of the global majority. But looking at things like, can I bring in guest speakers who I have a genuine relationship with? So, of course, if you don't have a genuine relationship with anyone, first of all, that's that's probably a... a a sign that you need to do some anti-racism and decolonization work and expand your social circles, girl, <laughs> right? Expand your social circles, start following more accounts from people in the global majority, engage with them genuinely, build genuine relationships, go into groups um, and clubs and programs where you know um, there's going to be a more diverse group of people. Stop sitting in just the white wellness world or the white wellness bubble um, that really does exist and sometimes you don't even see it until you do. And then you can't unsee it after that. You will not be able to unsee it, but actively go out to out of your way to build those real relationships and do your learning and unlearning. And then you can maybe look at bringing in guest experts or some side, some sort of bonus element that ne- meets the specific needs, maybe even a partnership or a collaboration with someone. So you can meet the specific needs of your BIPOC clients, right? Okay. C, 2C, <laughs> what are you doing to commit to unlearning and learning? Are you reading any books? Are you taking programs like the ones that I have coming up, right, and workshops? And is there, are you sharing about that? Is there like a highlight reel on your Instagram bio where you're sharing your learning journey with us so we could see when we go to your 
profile, like, oh, okay, they're, they're committed, they're in the journey, they're doing the work. Um, and it's not performative if you're actually embodying it. And that's what I'll talk about in the episode about um, sharing your values and not being performative. But it's really that simple. Like it's not performative if it's genuine learning and sharing. And of course, you're not there to be the teacher. You're just sharing like, wow, these are books I'm reading. These are accounts I'm learning from. These are people I'm learning from and they're really opening up my eyes and I encourage everyone else to check them out. Things like that would make me feel really safe as an Indigenous person thinking of joining your programs, okay? So that's really good to keep in mind. Are you actually on the learning journey and what are you doing to commit to that? How are you investing your time and money in that? And is that clear on your website, on your social media, on your pages? So that's actually my my next point. 2D is are you sharing your values and learnings transparently so we at least know you're working on this and this is also a beautiful thing because it gives you permission to say it gives you permission to make mistakes and you don't have to be so stressed out and so scared of saying the wrong thing and accidentally creating you know of course creating harm is not a good thing but hopefully your motivation is I don't want to create harm versus I don't want to get canceled those are two very different energies but for most of you, I know it's like you you genuinely want to be a good ally or accomplice. You want to speak up, but you don't want to say the wrong thing and make, you know, make things worse or hurt people. Um, but if you are transparent about the fact that you're on a learning journey and you're sharing, you know, these are some of the people I found so far, open to more suggestions. Like these, these are the books I'm reading. These are the podcasts I've been plugging into. These are the, the ways I'm expanding my, you know, my um, lens and my perspectives then it's like if you make a mistake oh well you're learning and you've shared with us that you're learning and um, I think it just takes that you know that pressure off because no one expects you to be an expert overnight and even myself like I am an indigenous woman and I have blind spots I'm on a learning journey I'm constantly reading and and especially reading and learning from and taking courses from black and brown women because living with melanated skin is a very different experience from the one that I've had as a white passing indigenous woman, right? It's, 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 it's a whole different journey. So I need to constantly bring in and collaborate with and learn from women of color. Okay, 2E, do you know how to hold space for BIPOC clients without gaslighting? Um, or tokenizing or creating more harm accidentally. This is something that we will go deeply into inside the Decolonized Coach course as how to ungaslight your clients and how to hold space for people with different lived experiences. But if you're right now, if you're like, oh gosh, I don't know if I can hold space for um, a black person or a brown or indigenous person or a Latina person in my program, then this is something you need to work on and examine before you go offering scholarships and saying my play, my space is inclusive and welcoming and then you know like one person let's i'm going to say falls for it it's <laughs> just being a little cheeky here let's say one person does fall for it and cuz i've heard stories of this happening people dm me all the time and comment on my stuff with stories of white coaches who marketed that their space was inclusive and anti-racist and everyone's welcome and then they joined they were the only person of the global majority in the group and then they ended up experiencing a ton of harm and microaggressions and the coach wasn't navigating it well wasn't managing it 
um, did not actually have anti-racist guidelines and things in place to keep that student safe. And it was a horrible experience. So we don't want to, you know, offer these BIPOC scholarships and make it look like your space is all welcoming and inclusive when you actually have not done your work to learn how to properly hold space for everyone and people with different lived experiences and how to manage other clients too and set clear community guidelines and rules in place and actually enforce those guidelines and rules. Now, this is something you'll also get an opportunity to create inside the Decolonized Coach course is like coming up with your company values, coming up with your company guidelines and and creating kind of a plan for yourself. How are you going to um, implement that plan and how are you going to enforce those community guidelines, right? What are the consequences when somebody breaks one of the rules or you know, what percentage of your income are you committed to putting towards hiring folks of the global majority and and so on and so on. So we do all of that together inside the course. And of course, and of course, um, if you are interested in like hands-on, one-on-one support, walking you through this step-by-step, that's what my one-on-one spots are for. And those are for six and seven figure coaches um, who are busy CEOs, but they want to do this work and they want to be given like step-by-step pretty much hand-holding, <laughs> feeding you bite-sized pieces of this work, checking in with you regularly, and doing this work with you. So it's a done-with-you experience. Um, whereas the course is going to be, you know, here's how to do it, and then here's your your homework, and you go and put those things in place yourself. Both experiences are going to be incredible and completely change your business and your life. So I'm very, very excited about all of those. Um Also, the one-on-one spots are, I have two open right now. So those are things you can always DM me to inquire about or apply for, and I'll put the link in the show notes as well. Okay, 2F, are you managing your own defensiveness if you do get something wrong and someone corrects you? So managing your own uh, lens, of course, and learning and unlearning things people are very triggered by my work, by my work and this work in general, right? It's very triggering. If you want a personal development journey, if you are looking for personal growth, like decolonization work is the work and there is no personal development without decolonization. And decolonization is personal development work. It will bring up all your shadows, all your triggers. This work, is it is triggering, but how are you managing your own defensiveness? Are you leaning in when you feel triggered or are you getting mad and storming away? Because if you're getting mad and storming away, don't even bother offering a BIPOC scholarship, please. And the moral of this whole episode is that I don't want you to offer a BIPOC scholarship or market your space as safe and welcoming for all if you're not willing to do each and every one of these other things that I have talked about in this episode. Because the last thing we want is, again, people falling for that and being like, okay, maybe there, maybe it is going to be an inclusive, safe, safe supportive space. Um, maybe there is going to be tools in place to actually help me with my specific needs and they take a chance and then, nope, eh, bad experience. This happens so often to so many of us. So that's what I'm trying to help you prevent because I know you don't want that to happen either. I know you don't want your program. I I know you want all to be welcome and actually thriving in your world. So that's what we're working on together. Okay. And then the last thing is, are you using inclusive language and inclusive, but authentic images? And so 
here's just a couple of things I want to say about inclusive images. The first is don't use like stock images of quote unquote, like a diverse group of people. If it's not authentic, if it doesn't genuinely represent who and what kind of clients you're currently serving, like who you're currently serving. If your clients are 99% white women, don't, um, you know, don't put stock images up of all these black, brown or indigenous people. Uh, if that's not actually representative, because that's just misleading and dangerous. Um, but if your program is, again, like 99% white women, or if you do have like one black or brown client, please don't tokenize them and like put them all over your pages, right? That's tokenism. That's trying to make one person represent something so much bigger than what they represent as an individual human. So don't do that. But if you want to move away from attracting all only white clients and only like white, say cis, hetero um, women, then instead of images of clients, you can put, um, you know, things that represent yourself, things that represent like objects, right? Scenery, floral, like there's other images you can put that aren't people necessarily that can still um, capture the energy of your programs, your offerings, and your vibe. But don't, (laughs) don't appropriate, don't put pictures of feathers and sage and all of that um, if that's not authentic to you and your culture. So we covered a lot. Um, Don't be arrogant and make sure you do the work to Make sure your business has the infrastructure in place to actually support people in the global majority once we come inside of your programs. So this is an episode you may want to refer to back to um, to get those steps over and over, soak them in one at a time. Or of course, if you want support walking through all of them and working on your, your mindset, your words, and your actions, which is my decolonization framework, then definitely join us for the roundtable. And definitely join us for the Decolonized Coach course, which if you it includes the roundtable. So if you come to the roundtable first, you're going to get a coupon code to join, um, a special coupon code to join the DCC uh, with a juicy little discount, a little bonus for you. So I hope to be live with you in March for the roundtable. And um, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to till you see the guest speakers we have, till you see the updates we have. So again, whether you've already purchased it or you are about to purchase it, it will include the live workshop in March. All right. So that's all I have for you for now. And I'll be back soon with more um, bonus episodes for you. Thanks for listening. Thank you again so, so much for listening. If you would like to thank me in return, if you got any value, insights, new perspectives, or you just appreciated this episode or enjoyed this episode, the best way to thank a podcaster is to share with others. Spread the love, spread the magic, take a screenshot of the episode, share it on your Instagram or TikTok stories, and tag me at Emily Ann Brandt so I can personally thank you for tuning in and stay connected. This is truly a community that we are building here, and I love staying in connection with you. I look forward to talking to you again soon, and I'm sending you so much love and gratitude.